Hi. Hello. <laughs> so Katie is in um, Hardin County, so Kuntz, Texas. Um, she's been spending the week with us. And when I say literally new, yeah. like fifth day, right? Started Monday. This is Friday. Yeah. Getting, getting the training wheels taken yeah. off uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. So we're, we're turning her up. Yep. And then we also have another illustrious uh, administrator, regional program leader, Philip Shackelford, is here as well. We were old radio mates, though, That's back me. in the day. Yes. So, hello, Amy. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, what he's talking about, we worked, we were co-workers um, in Stevens County, and we used to do some radio stuff there. So, uh, But now Philip's one of the big wigs, and here I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, let's get... Very short air. <laughs> so, let's get on... Let's talk a little bit about... Um, about being an extension agent, why does it? What does it mean to be an extension agent? Because um, Eric was an extension agent before he became an administrator, and then, like I said, we've got someone who's a brand new extension agent. We have someone who wants to be an extension agent, but um, who wants to start first? Not I will. Okay. You know, I, I, as, as administrator and former agent, I think it's important that we kind of highlight the this, this simple, basic mission of Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, and we're based in all 254 counties in the state of Texas, and the charge of our agents that serve in those communities is to take that research-based information from Texas A&M University and disseminate that to the residents that they serve. And so what's very unique and, and interesting is, is every county is different, and the, all the regions of Texas are different, and so there's different issues that are identified within those communities, and then those agents go back to the drawing board per se with their volunteer groups to help plan educational programs that meet the issues that are identified by those individual people within the communities that they serve. Yeah. Christy, what yeah, did you Yeah, so I mean, it? same same thing, only I just put it in a lot simpler terms. Because <laughs> that's we're, what Christy does. <laughs> we are, we're, we're helping improve the lives of the people in our community. Yeah. That's that's what we do. And, and what made what you I, want to be an extension agent? You you came from Louisiana, right? You worked um, over there before you came. I did. Yeah. I was over there for about five and a half years, but I'm originally from Texas, so I need to get that out there. I'm not from Louisiana. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I am from Texas, um, and I was an extension over there, and that was one of the cool things. Extension is extension no matter where you are. We're all doing the same. We all have the same focus on trying to reach the people within our communities. Yeah. Brandon, what's your insight? Oh, well, we're community educators, and um, you have to have a passion for working with people. And I think that's probably the most rewarding part of this job. You know, sometimes it can have its challenges, but day in, day out, that's one of the things I like most about my job is getting to work with people, the community, build those relationships. And, you know, they, they bounce things off of me about what they might want or need and my ability to either my, through myself or through my coworkers be able to give them what they need that's really a cool thing. Yeah, and Amy, what's in interesting and, and unique is our agents, they wear many hats. And I say that because Christy is a 4-H youth development agent in Walker County. So her primary role is to support the 4-H program there, whereas yourself in Montgomery County, Family Community Health, Brandon's Ag and Natural Resources. We have horticulture agents, coastal marine agents, community economic development agents within the cooperative extension program through Prairie View A&M. And so there's a lot of different roles that those individual agents uh, play. Uh, sometimes if you're in a county like Katie, where the, <laughs> she's the Lone Ranger, she does it all. And so she's going to be charged with addressing any and all issues as a single agent, whereas Montgomery County's got a big staff. We've got a bigger county with more people to serve. Yeah. And I, I think of it, too, as being being an educator. So it's like being a teacher. It's just not being in a traditional classroom like, you know, the whole county is our classroom. 
Um, so going lots of different places and meeting the needs of the people, whatever it is that they have. So um, we were spending today, this morning, talking about program planning. So Eric, you want to say which? Sure. And <laughs> something it's kinda, about program it, planning. It'd be a yeah. good segue too, because we have our regional program leader, as you said, Dr. Mm -hmm. Shackelford. Uh, Nick can expound on that, but you know, we we're just like we're teachers within a non-traditional classroom, and so our agents uh, in every county in the state, they are charged with developing program plans that address the issues that have been identified, and so they work with their volunteer groups and they put together a program plan that. For let's say Ag and Natural Resources with Brandon, that would that would cover January through December, and they would report to those tasks that are occurring throughout the year. Uh, maybe program planning group meetings. It could be educational opportunities. It could be interpretation events. A wide variety of things, and so uh, they get to program and plan their 12-month year calendar to address those issues, and then they work with Dr. Shackelford to come up with creative ideas on those individual programs. Yeah. Well, okay, so before we segue into that, we need to take a little bit of a break because we, like, there's so much to talk about with Extension, and, like, we can go on lots, lots, you know, as, and sometimes I lose track of time. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and we'll come back, and then we will hear also from Katie and Rachel about their plans for being Extension agents. We'll talk some more about program planning. And um, you're listening to 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide on www.irlonestar.com. We're also on Facebook Live. You can go back and look on YouTube. We've got so many um, ways to, to find out more information about what we're doing and listen to the cool stuff that's going on. But we'll be right back. Community health programs provide science-based education designed to improve the overall health and wellness of individuals, families, and communities. Developed by experts and delivered locally, topics include child and adult health, nutrition, child care, financial management, passenger and community safety, and building strong families, all encouraging lifelong health and well-being for every person, every family, and every community. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift 
than a flight on a historic B-17. Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. All right, welcome back to the Extension Hour. We've, we've done a little bit of musical chairs here. We've uh, switched around a little bit. We've been uh, talking about what it means to be a county extension agent, because um, this is the Extension Hour. And you know, oftentimes people are like, what do you guys do in Extension? What is what, what what is your job? And in fact, so I've worked for 26 years now. Philip was my coworker. We actually went to new employees orientation together. Sure so did. about the same amount of time. And um, you know, even my, my adult children, and Chrissy, this is going to happen to you. Your kids are not going to be able to explain what, what it is you do. So we are trying to um, work on that. But that's one of those things sometimes it's difficult to explain. So we've got a lot of different ideas here. So we heard from Christy and, and uh, Brandon about kind of what it means to them to be an agent. We also heard from um, our uh, supervisor, uh, Eric Eric. Uh, Zimmerman. <laughs> Zimmerman. Sorry, you guys are standing too close together. So Erica gave us the, the whole, the, the boss um, view of it. So we also have Katie Pace. And though, like I mentioned before, Katie, this is her fifth day. So Katie, mm -hmm. what made you decide to jump into being an extension? Um, I think the biggest thing was I was an agriculture science teacher for five years. And it got to the point where I loved the parts of being an ag teacher, but not necessarily being confined in a classroom every single day. Uh, Extension offers a wide variety of things, and I've definitely learned that more so this week than I ever thought was possible. Um, I knew that every day was going to be different. I just didn't know how different. Yeah, <laughs> and surprise. this week has definitely taught me that. And it's really, I guess, I did go into the teaching profession, so I guess I have that kind of servant heart thing going mm -hmm. on because you are a you know servant of your community and it's being able to go out into the community and do the outreach that they need and kind of figure out what will work best in your area because what works here is not going to work when I take it back to Hardin County no matter mm -hmm. how much it might be a great idea. Right, right. And so, and like we said, it's uh, it's like being a teacher, but you just have a bigger, bigger classroom. Bigger classroom. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we also have Rachel Cooper and Rachel... You said your dream job is to be an agent. It is. Yeah. I've um, I worked for Extension for six years now, um, but I also I grew up in the 4-H program, um, was very involved on the district and state level, and was in District 9, so still stayed kind of close to home. Um, and I actually had no intention of wanting to join Extension. My freshman year of college, Christy actually reached out to me because she needed an intern that knew... A little bit about 4-H and that's kind of because when I came to college I was like 
well, I guess I'll be an ag teacher because I knew I wanted to work with agriculture, mm-hmm. but again, didn't really want to be confined to a classroom. And working with Christy, that internship, and then Montgomery County, and then back in Walker County, um, like you said, you do something new every single day, and it's interesting and fun, and it's what I want to do. Yeah. So um, we're waiting for you to finish your degree, right? So it takes its requirement, a college degree. Um, And then you're going to have just... um, leaps and bounds ahead because you've got so much experience but so Katie it's kind of a new experience for you you had um, interacted some with county extension agents but um, wasn't necessarily something that you had experience with before so um, just to say that to say that you don't it's not a requirement that you grow up in the 4-H program or that you've interned somewhere although that can be helpful Um, but that does kind of help with some of the things like program planning and and uh, Philip we said you're like you're the program planning you're the you're the regional program leader so that's kind of your job do you want to talk about what what it is that what are you supposed to do philip (laughs) (laughs) well that's a great segue amy Uh, you know uh unlike um uh, maybe some other folks in extension i I did grow up in extension i I was a product of the program uh parents were both uh, leaders uh my father was a result demonstration cooperator uh my brother and I did everything they could do in 4-H, and so, and I wanted to be a county agent whenever I, I grew up and went to college to do that. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to be a county agent is because I thought I thought he was rich. So, uh, <laughs> Ooh, somebody lied. Yeah, but uh, event, you know, eventually I realized uh, right after I got hired, you know, he's been driving the same truck for the last 15 years. So I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't I guess he's not very, he's not rich after all. No, but as a regional program leader, I do work with agents on three basic things: uh, professionalism, partnerships, and programs. So, um, so we work with agents, uh, helping them with professional development needs uh, because. An agent, we hire kids right out of school. I say kids, young people right out of school or from other professions, and they may not know every single thing there is to know that they'll be asked in a county. And so we try to design some professional development programs to help train them to to answer the questions that they may be asked. Um, And we also work with them on their partnerships, um, help them to understand who those people are in the community that they need to get to know. Uh, all those other ag-serving entities like the Farm Bureaus and the USDA uh, programs that are, that are there. So help them get to know those folks. And um, we also are, are big on our, on, our, um, on our people as well. So that's kind of and when we talk about programs, we want, our, we want our programs to be targeted towards what those people in those communities want. So you hear the term grassroots thrown out a lot. And um, we truly are grassroots because we have local planning groups that we meet with on a regular basis, and they tell us what's important to their communities. And then we design an educational program to meet that need and try to address that issue through education. There are some issues I identify that we can't address through, through education, but a lot of them we can. And we have the, uh, the full resources of the Texas A&M system behind us yeah well and, and um like katie mentioned she's gonna she'll work in hardy hardin county so coons very different environment than here in montgomery county and then as eric mentioned too um trying to find what the needs are of that um the, the people in that community so katie what are you looking at in um hardin county what are you thinking you're gonna i am address? not 100 positive yet <laughs> i'm okay, still doing my good, research yeah. <laughs> 
Um, you're going to meet with a committee. That's what you're going to do. I'm going to meet with a committee, and I will figure that out <laughs> when I actually get to my office mm-hmm. after I'm done with my first step program. Yeah. So you said every day is a little different, and you had a fun time, I think. On on Wednesday, um, we did we have a project that's called Families Reading Every Day, and we go to the um, Head Start sites. And so we were kind of short on readers, and I said, hey, Katie, come read with us. So you thought you were just going to work with animals and crops and that kind of thing. But no, you get to work with little kids as well, um, even in something like Fred. Uh, Fred is for families reading every day. So, Rachel, tell us a little bit about kind of things that you have seen, the differences like between Walker County and um, Montgomery County and then even Brazoria County where you grew up and kind of what are you um, anticipating for your future as an agent? So I I kind of been a little bit lucky because I have worked in a – really really large county and a really really not super small but a pretty small county and Brazoria County to me I haven't worked there yet but growing up kind of seems like it's kind of in the middle um but the biggest difference is in Montgomery County there are urban initiatives so a lot of the in the school type introducing agriculture and 4-H to kids that wouldn't normally get that experience versus in Walker County where it's a little bit more rural um, it's kind of more small town feel. And that just as an example, when I was in Montgomery County, I went into a lot of after school programs and just in the city of Conroe, there were 11 elementary schools that I would see. And in Walker County, I think there's three total, there's a few more, but there's four total. So, I mean, there's just a huge difference in the people that you're reaching and the demographic and type of people that you're reaching because, what people in Walker County need is definitely, we're 30 minutes away, not the same thing that people in Montgomery County need. Yeah. So we've kind of tossed the word program around um, a lot. So, in, and to us, we know what a program is. And so, Philip, start thinking because I'm getting ready to ask you, put you in the hot seat on a question. Um, so programming, um, we, we know what it means, right? An extension and, and we can talk to each other about having a program or doing a program. What, what does that really mean? So how would we explain that to someone who is not necessarily an extension um, traditionalist or one that's really familiar with extension? We talked about those uh, groups, those planning groups that we meet with, and we want, we want them to be grassroots, and they're from the community. They know the issues there, and so they, we meet with those people. They help identify what those issues are, and then the, the job of a county agent is to design an educational program based on addressing those issues. And so we don't want to just do one thing. Uh, we're not just going to say, you know, if you had a, a, a problem with diabetes here in Montgomery County, you're not just going to address that through one educational program on one night. You're going to design something that's going to be a series of programs that are going to start start at A and go all the way to Z, typically, talking about how your 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 health is related to uh, your risk of diabetes or how exercise can help you lose weight and weight is related to diabetes and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. And so that's what we that's what we expect our agents to be able to do. But it's all based on those local people identifying those issues. And so that's what we call a program. It's a series of educational activities that are going to lead to an intended result. And the result we want is we want those people to gain certain things. We want them to gain knowledge. We want them to actually gain some sort of ability to apply what they've learned. So a skill, maybe. And then we also want to impact their pocketbook in some way. So economic value is is vitally important to us as an agency 
because we have to be able to illustrate that the programs that we're doing are actually making an economic impact in the community, whether that be through sales, whether that be through reduction of people having to go to the doctor or a new, um, a new activity or something that a kid can do to help them get active, or maybe even an ag producer that they're going to they're gonna adopt some new technology that's going to help them either save money or make more money. And so that's what we try to do in Extension with yeah. a program. So a, a program is, is a concerted effort of several. So sometimes we use the word program just for like a class, right? So mm-hmm. I have a program tonight. I'm going over to the Lions Club to do a program. But sometimes that may be a class. It may be a workshop. It may be a clinic. It may be a newsletter. It may be a podcast. It may be like there's so many kind of different things that are all kind of go into what we consider a program. Sure. Any way we can get the information out to the general public. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do. You know, and Katie is a former ag teacher, so she had kids confined in a classroom, and she had or in the shop. I went to the shop a lot in ag, but um, I don't know why. But anyway, we you have confined in a, cl- in a classroom. You sit, you sit down, you be quiet, and you face forward. You take notes and that sort of thing. But in Extension, we have the ability to educate in so many different ways. Like you said, we can do a workshop, a field day, a seminar a newsletter, a news article. What we're doing right now on the radio is is part of education. Right. And so also, like we talked about, too, today is our program planning conference, and that means that we are looking forward to, the, to all of next year, sometimes a couple of years down the road. So we're trying to figure out what we're going to do so that we're strategically um, implementing those things to get to that change that you're talking about. So it's not like we're just like, you know, oh, I think I'll do a workshop today. Um, we're, we plan that ahead of time. And so we want to talk more about those kinds of things. We're going to hear some more from um, Kristen, Christy and Brandon. Brandon and Eric, um, but we're going to take another break um, to, so we can uh, regroup, and then we will um, be back in just yeah, yep, and um, we'll be back in just a few minutes. But you're listening to Lone Star Radio, and this is the Extension Hour, and we've got a whole crew of Extension people here today. So we'll be back in just a minute. You're going to need me. You're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our help with your water, your air, your food. You're going to need our determination, our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio. Broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, 
Behavioral Health Services, Telepsychiatry, and Pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look up the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. This is Rick, TRC. Every Tuesday on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star from 3 to 7, I play back-to-back classic rock hits. That's right. I like to call it a two for Tuesday or a three for whatever it is you'd like. Call the request line, 936-647-3776, or message me on Facebook, Afternoons with Lone Star, make a music request. That's right. You can do it. Here's what else. Go over to our website, IRLoneStar.com. Get the app on your phone. It's easy. You'll like it. And welcome back to the Extension Hour. We've got a room full of Extension folks here. Um, We're talking all about um, being a county Extension agent, about program planning, about what is a program, about classes, that kind of thing. So we heard a little bit uh, from the expert, the program leader. Um, So we want to talk to Brandon and Christy. What do you guys do like for planning? How do you go about? Because different, and Brandon, you've been in a few different counties as well. Mm -hmm. So um, there's kind of the way you go about planning in each different, each county is a little different. I mean, what I used to do um, in the other counties that I worked in is different than what I do now. Have you experienced that as well? I mean, there's, it's like same, same, but different. I I would say the basic platform for it is the same. Um, It depends, with me, it's been different depending on what, you know, like I was a 4-H agent in Brazos County. Um, so it was a little bit different about how we went about program planning for the youth program versus when I moved to San Jacinto and then, you know, I was kind of a single agent and had to do programming there. And here I'm pretty specific to ag and natural resources. So, um, my committee structure here, um, really dictates a lot of the program planning that we do here. So. Yeah. And then, yeah, it has been different, but the basics are the same. Right, because it goes back structure. to what we've said before, too. I'm listening to the people in the community and what they need. And even you stay in a place long enough, too, it's going to change along the way, right? Yeah. So, Christy, you have, you've been in Walker County for a few years now, right? Yeah, about 10 years now. Yeah. Um, and, and I do have some history in some other counties. So, again, like Brandon said, you're meeting the needs of what's in your community. So those committees are going to um, – they're going to look like your, like your community, right? So Walker County, though, is really kind of um, different. We'll just say different than most other counties in the state, as in all of our programs within the 4-H youth development side of things are project-based. So we don't really have uh, community clubs. So, you know, Huntsville and New Waverly, Riverside, those are some of our bigger communities Mm -hmm. in Walker County. We don't really have a club for those. We have a beef club, a swine club, poultry club, um, rifle, shotgun, archery, food and nutrition, clothing, quilting. I can keep going if you'd right. like me to. They're <laughs> very much so project-based, which means my, our committee structure is going to look different. So mm-hmm. let's say Horse Club. Um, Horse Club is probably the oldest club within Walker County. Been there 50-plus years type of thing. And there's a group of, of adults and kids that help guide just the horse program there in Walker County. Same thing with our food and nutrition. We have two food and nutrition clubs. Mm-hmm. There's a group of committee that get together and their goal is just to work with food and nutrition projects within within the county. Shooting sports, same type concept. That way the kids and the, cl- the, the clubs are actually getting the kids what 
you know, that committee thinks they need. They're mm -hmm. not coming to a club meeting, um, a community-based club meeting, and hearing all about the beef project this time if I'm doing food and nutrition. So um, different than a lot of our other, a lot of our other counties, and the committee structure, I would have to say, is probably different than any other county. I'd yeah. say in Montgomery County, there's a lot of self-assessment that goes along with it in terms of what comes in the office daily. We get a lot of foot traffic and a lot of phone calls. So yes, the committee structure's there and it's pretty specific. You know, horticulture, ag committee, horse committee, beef cattle. But we get a lot of people that come in off the street that you can tell right away where there's a need for something, whether it's wildlife interface or um, the new the hemp thing that's out now. You know, those are things we're going to have to address at some point. And so I'll make an assessment based on that. Yes, it goes back to a committee, and we talk about planning for that. But um, there's, a, there's a lot that goes into it on that end, too. Sure. And one of the things that you just mentioned, hemp, that's coming up, and um, there's a workshop uh, in Harris County that's going to happen um, for people that are interested in finding out more about that. Um, but the other great thing about Extension is that it's not just us, um, the county-based faculty that's doing that. We have um, a lot of specialists that kind of help us. So, you know, you may be freaking out thinking, I don't know anything about hemp, but there's somebody out there who's already been um, ahead of the curve getting ready, uh, preparing workshops or preparing educational information that can be delivered in different ways to make a full program um, so that agents are ready and equipped for those kinds of things. Same, same with 4-H. I mean, um, what you, I think you mentioned several pretty traditional projects yes. that we think of in 4-H, but robotics, uh, Justin was on the show a couple of weeks ago and we talked to, all about the robotics program and that's something that people don't often associate specifically with 4-H, but it's new and it's, it's innovative and it's, yeah. It's crazy how many people come in because wanting, they've heard that 4-H has a robotics project and they want to know what it's all about. Right. Um, that's the unique thing for what we do in Niagara Life Extension is we're adaptive to this, the, the, the current issues that are, that are arising. And so, Ten years ago, we didn't have any idea that robotics would be something that would be addressed. Right. Pre-Hurricane Ike and Harvey, we never realized how much of a role we're going to play in disaster assessment and recovery and, and animal supply points with livestock at certain areas. So, you know, we're there as uh, educators, but we're also adaptive in the things that, that arise that are unforeseen. And so we, we make sure that we're trying to be on the cutting edge of addressing, going back to the initial topic, the issues that are n important to those individual counties and those residents. Sure. And so while you have the floor, Mr. Zimmerman, <laughs> anything else you want to say about planning and, and what agents do? Well, I, I guess the biggest thing, and it's something that we talked about earlier today, and it's it's about being creative and, and going back to being adaptive. It's not about our charge to our agents is not only having those in-person one-on-one meetings. Brandon coordinates a large continuing education program that's centered out of Montgomery County, but it's satellite broadcasted out to numerous counties mm -hmm. and so distance technology is something that allows us to extend our reach uh, to the clients that we're trying to serve uh, the other thing is, is extending our reach is agents training volunteers mm -hmm. to help with that extension of that education so our charge to always improve upon our efficiency and reach more people because we're not in the, in the business of selling a product like private industry right. our product is education and so we've got to be creative and adaptive and on the cutting edge of, of, 
of addressing those issues through alternative means. Right. So you mentioned volunteers. How do you guys utilize volunteers? They are the program yeah. in Walker County. They're the they driver. Are. They're the driver for your program. For uh, your, whether it's your committee structure or it's the programs you're actually putting on, they mm -hmm. are. They're your legs on the ground. They're your ear, you know, in the community. So, they're a very important part to what we do as extension professionals. Sure. And and, and they and they the, the key to the volunteers is they they have an important role, but they, they they buy into the program. They consider it their program. They have an interest in certain areas. Brandon may have volunteers specifically that are interested in beef cattle production, and that's what their passion is. And so agents identify those community members that have passion about issues that need to be addressed, and that's how we kind of, you know, we recruit them in. But then again, in addition to them having a passion for those programs, we actually want to recognize them, reward them through banquets and recognition events as well because they're giving you their time for free. And so it's it, we always equate this back into interpretation. If Brandon's got 20 volunteers and they give 20 hours each annually, that's 400 hours, well, then you can extrapolate back what's the value of those hours if Montgomery County, as an example, would have had to hire a full-time person to address the same things that extension volunteers are doing. So that's kind of how we can justify our means. Maybe not in total revenue and sales from product in private industry, but the savings to the county or to the entity that we serve in terms of volunteer hours. Yeah. One, one way I like to look at it, too, is like you and I are co-workers in the county. We're co-workers in the same district. Mm -hmm. Those volunteers are co-workers of ours, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I treat them that way, and I like to think they treat me that same way. And together, we accomplish what we set out to do that way. Right. And I, I th another important thing to mention about volunteers, um, there's a variety of ways that people can volunteer and they, uh, even the time commitments. Um, so, you know, you talk about the value that it saves, like if we were to hire someone else. So being a volunteer doesn't necessarily mean that you're taking on a second job. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but we do have we do have some like the master gardeners. Several of them um, have retired. And so it's something that they do in their retirement. And they've got a lot of time um, to volunteer. Um, but then you know, I, like I have one that, that works full time and um, she'll try to come out whenever she can um, to help with whatever we ask her to help with. But um, she's not, you know, not working a, a second job necessarily. Yeah, and but we even have youth volunteers to address sure. youth issues. So, I mean, it's a very, it, the, the, the window of volunteerism is wide open. It's not specific individual or groups. Right. And we do our best to uh, train them, to prepare them well, so that they can uh, feel empowered to be able to do what it is that we are asking them to yeah, do. Yeah. In fact, sometimes we ask them to be the educator mm -hmm. because they've gone through the Master Gardener program and they have an expertise. Or they may have an expertise in their former career if they're a retiree that mm -hmm. we can bring in to address issues that are identified and need to be uh, the coordinated program for. So, sure. you know... It, Volunteerism is open-ended, and so that's, that's the basis of our extent at, at what we operate in the county. Right. Definitely definitely makes our program stronger by having volunteers because we can only do so much. I mean, we, we work a lot, yeah, but we're just individuals, so the volunteers really help um, extend that outreach most definitely. And um, here in Montgomery County, we're going to have a volunteer appreciation dinner. We're going to have tacos, and we're going to talk about extension. So that's on November 21st. We have the Big Cheese is going to come talk. <laughs> you guess who the Big Cheese is? 
It's Eric. He's going to be our big cheese. So, you know, people can ask you questions. I, yeah. I'm looking yeah, forward. Yeah, we're looking to be forward to Yeah. So we're really excited about that, too. Just a chance to tell people thank you for, mm-hmm. for helping us out because, like we've already mentioned, it, it makes a huge difference. Okay, so we've got some more to talk about. I want to talk about some of the favorite things that we do, kind of like what keeps you involved. Um, but we are going to take another break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening, listening to Lone Star Radio 104.5, 106.1, and we'll be back. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service is all about extending knowledge and providing solutions. We do that by using science-based information to create high-quality and relevant education for the people of Texas. More importantly, this outstanding education is delivered locally, right here in our county. We encourage lasting and effective change that helps our communities and our county thrive. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936 936- 709-7671. Hey y'all, it's DJ Mike from Dance Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back to the Extension Hour. We just got a message saying that we need to sing, so I don't know what, I don't even know what we would sing. Eric? (laughs) I don't know, but you can sing very well. Maybe on a good day. Okay, so we've been talking about Extension (laughs) and program planning, and and, um, we want to talk about some of the favorite things that you do. So what is... Brandon, you want to go first? Singing, I bet too. No, yeah. singing. You know, when it's me by myself in the truck, <laughs> in the we're shop. all good, and I'm a rock star, but not on this show. So. Well, and before you get to that singing, actually, so 4-H, that's another thing people don't know, that you can actually sing in yeah. 4-H, so share, share the, the fun. fun. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. But. So in terms of what I do for my job that I really enjoy, um, I've always been a livestock guy. I really like that. I like livestock and forages. I think I mentioned when we had our our beef committee on here, I think I came into the world loving cows, and so, and I get to do that every day. So um, what better job is there? And then I also get to learn about a lot of stuff that I don't, I didn't have a strong background in, and 
now I feel really confident in those things. And so, and that's from learning from other people, whether it's my coworkers, these volunteers that we're talking about today. So, yeah. how about you, Christy? Yeah. So I was saying earlier, my my favorite it really does change like the wind because whatever I'm working on at that time is usually you know my favorite type thing. Robotics can be my favorite one day. Um, livestock can be my favorite another day. And, and on that note, one of my truth things that I, I guess I put more effort into would be our quiz bowls. So it's educating our kids in these project areas that we're talking about, but then it's a contest that they get to go to and show all the knowledge that they've learned. And so I, I really like to see that because they're not just learning um, one specific thing. Like let's say livestock quiz bowl, they're not just learning about swine when they go in there. They, they're learning about the swine industry. They're learning about the lamb and goat industry, all about beef cattle. They're, they're coming out of those contests with all sorts of learning experiences that they can take with them. Right. And you know what? One of the coolest things about what she's talking about, if you're in a place long enough, is when you start those kids, like quiz bowl teams or livestock judging or leadership, whatever, and they might be 10 or 11, 12 years old, and they go from this, this stage to you're getting to see them as a senior and you're blown away when you go to reflecting back on that kid. How far they've come. How far they've come. And that's pretty rewarding as an extension agent. That That is the most rewarding thing for me. Yeah. Sure, sure. And so I, w I would say for me, like, my most favorite programming, it's, it's sort of like what you said, what kind of whatever I'm doing at the time. Um, and when, when things just kind of all line up. So when, um, and I, Katie and I were talking about this a little bit earlier in the week, when she was like, you know, how do you decide what kind of programs you do? Well, we, we've talked about how you have to find out what's important in your county. So if I've got someone who says, you know, I'd really like to do something along this lines to teach more people about this and I'm like I can help do that and then just it's like everything just kind of works out and we're able to do some really amazing things and touch a lot of lives um, just by working together so it's more than just us it's other um, communities organizations um, it just volunteers people that are interested so Philip what is what is your take on it what's your favorite to when you were an agent or Oh, I had, many, I had many, many favorites, but um, I guess the, the most favorite thing that I could I could talk about was whenever, um, you know, athletes talk about the game slows down for them, and whenever you're, whenever you're in, well, you know, you when you now? get <laughs> it, when you get it, you know, that's, that's, whenever, that's whenever it became really fun, you know, when, there, when, when people would play Stump the County Agent Day, you know, and they'd call in with random questions, and, and, you, and you had the answer. I mean, that's when things start, <laughs> they started to slow down a little bit. And so that that became really fun whenever it became then, because then, then I saw myself, hey, I'm, I'm a real resource for the community. They, they depend on me to answer these questions. And they, and I, I know what I'm talking about. So, uh, but I guess a, a couple of things I would just throw out as, a, as an age, you get the opportunity to do um, some quasi research we call them result demonstrations or mm -hmm. applied research and so it's mainly it mainly affects the the a and r agents the ag agents or horticulture agents sometimes coastal marine but uh, this is where they get to apply some sort of technology work with a local um, ag producer in their county and get to evaluate something and see if it works and see if see if it didn't work and, and maybe to varying degrees but then at the end you you become kind of an expert in that thing that you've researched because mm -hmm. it's your research and you've done it. And so then people that, that may have never called you before may have been in the industry for 10, 15, 50 years. Mm -hmm. They call you 
because you have the answer that they're at, they're looking for. So that was that was a lot of fun. But my second favorite, I have two. Okay. So, administration can have two. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it was the, was the, a new class of landowner that we had moving to the the area that that I was the last county agent in, and it was new landowners. And these folks were were buying property from the the Houston metro area, maybe the Austin area, maybe San Antonio. It didn't really matter, but and they would they would purchase property and and. They would they would buy it based on the way it looked and how however good the realtor was that sold it to them, mm-hmm. and the realtor would say, "Here's a card to call the county agent. He can tell you what to do with it." Ah. So and and that was that was a lot of fun to work with those people because they were like sponges and they wanted to learn every single thing that they could. If we had a class on growing wildflowers, they were front and center. Or mm-hmm. if we had a class on applying pesticides, they were front and center. Um, you know, or anything else. They they wanted to learn that from from me. So, really, really, really enjoyed working with that group of people. I would agree, and I think that you guys probably have experienced this too. When people just say thank you, you made a difference, and I learned something that I didn't know because you were involved. And Rachel, we wanted to uh, give you a chance to say a little bit. You love robotics, huh? I do. It's probably my favorite. Um, it was not something I did growing up in 4-H. It was actually something once I came to Extension, and I actually got was lucky enough to get involved on the district level, helping um, prepare that contest for district level. Um, and just seeing the kids, like you said, learn something, and first they get to build it, then they get to program it, and then they get to see what they made it do. And it never fails their, if it's a kid's first time doing robotics and they build it and program it to go straight they lose their minds with how excited they get because they did that. And it's just, it's a really cool contest. It's just problem solving and teamwork, but also getting to work with a really cool robot. And they love it. So it's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, so when Philip was talking about result demonstrations, what you're talking about is sort of like a result demonstration. Because sure it's like a trial and error and learning. And and, and um, that's 100% because- the contest is trying something that doesn't work okay let's go back and fix it and tweak it on the program and make it work so that we can accomplish whatever the task is all right so we are almost running out of time last thought last thought something you want to say about eric i know you have something eric, to say have a last yeah <laughs> always no the, the, la- the last he, thought i would yes, say yeah. amy is I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here but i'm also very appreciative to work in the region that i'm in with such fantastic group of agents uh, all classifications, A and R, 4-H, Coastal Marine, uh, FCH. So very, very fortunate that we have such a good group over here, especially in the southeast region uh, in District 9 and in Montgomery County So and Walker yeah. County. So Anybody else? And Hardin County. <laughs> all right. So thank you guys for being here today. Hopefully thank we've you. been able to shed a little bit of light about what we do in extension, or we might've just, you know, muddied the water just a little bit. It's kind of muddily, um, but there are lots of great things that we do and we're here to help. There's a, a, yeah, we're from the government. We're here to help. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, yes, really, but we are definitely. And, and I think Katie mentioned it when she first said she kind of has that servant heart. And I think that that's true of uh, most people who work for Extension. We really do like to help people and help Texans better their lives. That's our our kind of tagline that we use. And it really is kind of, it really is what we're all about. And if you like people, we've got jobs open for you. <laughs> That's right. So if you need a job, well, uh, I don't even know what the website is anymore, but you can look at Extension Employment, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. Um, 
Yep, because there's some jobs open now. So, um, Rachel, get that degree. Working on it. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much for listening to the Extension Hour today. We, we're here every Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Um, www.irlonestar.com, 104.5, 106.1, um, Facebook Live, and YouTube. You can go back and listen and then, you know, think of where could we have put in that song to make it extra entertaining. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Bad> chance, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> so we also have fun in extension of what we do all right so thank you for listening we'll see you next week <laughs>